you know, I just want to say that people need to know that she was a beautiful person inside and out, like Aaliyah. Yeah. Totally like Aaliyah, you know. And I'll tell you a few little things about her. I played it for Megan when you were on your way over, Janice. But one of her favorite songs was this song called More Than Words by a group called Extreme. and I'll play it for you afterwards. Uh, she watched Soul Train religiously mm-hmm. to pick out her dance you moves. You can tell. Yeah, she loves Soul Train. Uh, her favorite restaurant was the Olive Garden. Oh, same wow. girl. <laughs> 16-year-old me loved Olive Garden. Yes. 16-year-old me had my practice? sweet 16 at Olive oh, Garden. I love, I love the bread at 16. <laughs> I still love the bread at Olive Garden. Oh, the breadsticks are so good. <laughs> Delicious. She had five dogs and a python snake. Casual. We were just talking about, yeah. And after every concert, Selena would always go up to her dad and say, how'd I do? Aww. After every concert. So it was also in 1989 that Selena's brother, A.B., saw this band playing in San Antonio. He was there watching a band. And he was really impressed with the playing skills of this young, long-haired guitar player called Chris Perez. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And I guess (laughs) if you saw the movie, you know. So A.B. was so impressed by Chris that he offered him a job right there in Los Dinos. He said, you want to come play with us? And Chris said, yeah. He joined them on the spot, left his band, and... From the start, Selena took a shine to him. You know, she was so outgoing and bubbly and warm. And he was, you know, shy, warm too. And at first they were friends. I don't know how much longer they were friends because I've heard, read, you know, reports that said up to one year, two years. You know, he did have a girlfriend when he first met her. Um, but then you got Selena right there, right? Yeah, they don't so, show that. Yeah. 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 Well, he might have broke up with the girl. I mean, once he started traveling around, they spent so much time together. Yeah. He couldn't have a relationship and be on the bus with her all the time. And they spent a lot of time together traveling and rehearsing. He was very shy about his emotions for her. Finally, she told her brother, A.B., she's like, look, I like him. And he was like, that's good. Now he's A.B.'s one of his best friends. And he was happy about it. So he went and like, yeah, yo, my sister likes you. So what do you think? And Chris was a little hesitant at first because what if they attempted a romantic relationship and it failed? It's like dating somebody at work. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, and so he was like, you know, he just kind of stayed back. He didn't trip. So finally, they went to Pizza Hut, I think, together because she loved Pizza Hut, too. And she confided in Chris that how she felt about him. And she asked him if he would allow her to get to know him better, which I thought was brilliant. That's That's a sweet sweet. way of saying that. Yeah. That's a good way. I'm about to take that. Put that in my little arsenal, huh? Put that in your back pocket. Yeah, right there. Courtesy of Selena. (laughs) Courtesy of Selena. Chris opened his heart to her, and by the middle of 1991, they were in love, and Abraham hit the roof, I'm sure, as he did in there. he did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was opposed to the romance. It took a while. Yeah, he believed that the relationship would harm her career. 
And he threw Chris out of the band. I don't know if they put that in there. And he forbid Selena from seeing him. So what did Selena and Chris do? They did the best thing possible. They eloped on April 2nd, 1992. And he finally came around. Because I do remember the one scene in the movie, this has been a long time ago, where he's looking all mad and stuff and looking all pissed. And he walks up and he gives him a hug or something like that. Yes, he does. And he did accept Chris. He did. They accepted Chris. Chris turned out to be a great partner for her. And they moved into a house next door to her mom and dad in Corpus Christi. Um, By 1991, things were really popping off for Selena and the family and the family enterprise. Uh, She received thousands of fan letters every day. And Papa Abraham was super busy managing the band and running the company Q Productions. And A.B., people don't know, was focused on producing and songwriting. Did did he talk about it in the film? He was really the talent, a very big talent. Yeah. They they touch on that. Not as much as they probably should have. She would give him an idea, and A.B. would go and write the song. That's how brilliant he was. And isn't it amazing to have your own Hannah House songwriter be your brother? It just runs in the blood. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. But that's wrong. so easy. It helps with publishing rights yeah. and stuff, right? No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> as we talked about with Aaliyah. So Suzette was involved. She got into being involved in the marketing aspect. So I think she moved out of the drumming aspect and went into the marketing aspect of the whole operation. And Suzette really runs a lot of stuff even today. And she is a lovely woman because I did talk to her last year. But anyway, they had no means to really respond to all of the letters that kept coming in, much less start a fan club, which back then, I don't know, this is way before you guys' time. But fan clubs were so important back then, so important. That is, it was like the Internet. That was how you kept up when whomever, it was before the internet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you would get sent stuff, you would know what things are about, when they're going to perform. You know, like, I think I was a fan club of Michael Jackson. Like, I was in that fan club. So they'd send you, like, hard copies. Yeah, but you know what? I I cheated on that end because there was a girl at school, Mary Jo, who was a huge fan of Michael Jackson. But also Mary Jo loved the DeBarge. So she would get out of you guys. My mom was in love with El DeBarge. El DeBarge, yes. El DeBarge. Damn. Yeah, he still sings like that, too. He sounds great. Uh, Selena's fan club took shape in mid-1991 when Abraham received approximately, by his account, 15 messages from this one person on his answering machine. And when he returned the calls, the the person proposed to him the creation of the Selena fan club with the objective of promoting her career through, you guys are giving me that look, (laughs) through tapping into her popularity among the growing legion of Selena CD buyers and concert goers. Furthermore, the club would also do charitable works to help the handicapped. She was big into charity works because she's already an angel. And of course. She, of course, she did that as well, and she was sincere about it. Abraham molded the idea over and agreed that it was a good one, and that persistent caller would become the club's first president with Yolanda Soldivar. And by the way, Abraham took notice of her name. He you know, took notice of her name, Yolanda, because it was the name of one of his sisters. So, you know, he met with her. She seemed sincere. She Yolanda. had dollar signs in her, in her eyes. Yeah. She had more than that. Cookie bird, cookie yeah. bird. Yolanda uh, was the youngest of eight children. People don't know that. And she was a bit, of, a bit of a loner. You know, she had a few friends, but she was a nurse at the time. And she was feeling down, depressed about something. And her niece had invited her to a Selena concert for the first time in 1991. 
She wasn't a fan of the Tejano music. She liked country, and she was blown away by Selena's performance, and it cheered her up, and she wanted to buy a souvenir after the concert, but when she went to go buy a souvenir, there was nothing there. So she maintains that she only called him three times, but I don't buy it. No. I believe him because look at where we look at where look at where we ended up, mm-hmm. right? So I believe him that she called him about fifteen thousand times. That would have been a red flag. More than three. Oh yeah. yeah. Who is this person calling me? You haven't let it go. Well, yeah. you know, think about it. They being they were part of a very persistent family too. That's how they became big. You know, they had you have to be persistent to be I that get big. Persistent, but also there's a fine line between that and I think obsessive. Yes. And she I was think persistent. You need to pay attention to the differences. What? It was a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. Just what? Fifteen times of all tiny red flags. What if you wanted to get a job? No, you're just like is, getting a job. I would not this call is fifteen times. They'd be like, this I might. Nuts. If it was, if it was, it, it you know what? If job. I wanted them to listen to the podcast, I would. <laughs> I call twenty five times. You know me. I'll go up to anybody. Have you heard my podcast? But blah, blah, blah. Asking someone fifteen times if they can trust you with all of their money and their well, he uh, was talking to her all along, and so she would call and you know started breaking him down. I think that's yeah. You're right. I mean, fifteen times, but I'm not against it if it comes to putting rockabies in something. I'll do it twenty times. Hey. <laughs> But somehow, <laughs> somehow Mel is just a little less creepy about it. Well, yeah, oh yeah, I'm charming. You're, you're yeah, really charming. Whereas this, this yeah, I'm not a particular loner, and you know. And keep in mind, she was a nurse. That's gonna come in handy at the end of the story, girls. Anyway, we'll bring that back up. So, nevertheless, Yolanda and Abraham met and reached an agreement. Suzette would be the contact person between Yolanda and the family, which is why Yolanda didn't meet Selena until December 1996, months after the fan club had been founded. So the fan club was set up like this. In exchange for a $22 fee, fan club members would receive one-of-a-kind products promoting Selena, and that was normal. That's standard. Mm -hmm. And proceeds from the fan club would be donated to different charities in Selena's name. And by the way, Selena donated her time and money, I already said that, to lots of charities. In addition to the fan club job, Yolanda, 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 Yolanda continued working as a nurse and living with her parents 45 minutes away in San Antonio. So Selena and Yolanda instantly bonded when they met, though. Success, I think, can be isolating, so maybe that was part of it. Um, Selena had been feeling kind of lonely for some quiet time. I guess it might have been, you know, the fame could have been a little bit suffocating and, mm-hmm. you know. So Yolanda kind of stepped in at the right time and became her confidant and advisor. And besides business matters, they would go to the mall, get their nails done or hang out because, you know, her dad was busy running things and, you know, her sister did the operations and stuff. She was still tight with her sister. Don't but she became like an assistant to Selena. Uh, according to people around them, if Selena would say jump, Yolanda would say how high. She did anything she asked her. And eventually, Yolanda gave up her career in nursing to dedicate herself completely to the enterprises of the fan club. So Selena was appreciative of Yolanda and was generous towards her. She would send her friendship cards. She was very sweet. So sweet. And she, when she found out that Yolanda loved cow figurines, she would gift her with presents of cow stuff like cow figurines this and that and speaking of figurines you know um, because she was born on Easter Sunday Selena had a passion for decorative eggs um, by the they like Fabergé eggs she bought a lot of them 
by the time she died, she owned over 500 designer eggs. Look at, look at your eyes. Wow. In various sizes and materials, and including ones from gold encrusted with diamonds. Her large collection eggs can be seen in the museum down in her Selena Museum down in Corpus Christi if people want to go see it. And they're on display exactly the way that she arranged them in her case, in her gold case. People believe it's that it's attributed because of the Easter, you know, Easter Sunday. Yeah, she was an Easter yeah, baby. She was an Easter baby. And she, um, it's funny because she said that each egg told a story. Isn't that something? At the time of her death, Selena owned at least 500 decorative eggs. She was especially proud of her Fabergé eggs. Founded in 1842 in St. Petersburg, Russia, the House of Fabergé, under the supervision of Peter Carl Fabergé, manufactured 69 Fabergé eggs. 52 of the 69 eggs were a part of a celebrated series called the Imperial Eggs which were made for the wives and mothers of two Russian czars. Only 46 of the 69 imperial eggs survive. All of Selena's 500 decorative eggs are on, currently on display at the Selena Museum in Corpus Christi, Texas. So by 1992, Selena was, has a successful fan club in place. She's happily married. And then her career just really takes off when she releases a commercially and critically successful album, Entre I Mi Mundo, Enter My World, which stayed at number one on the U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican album charts for eight consecutive months. And one of the singles, Como La Flor, mm -hmm. was a huge hit and it became one of her signature songs and it translates to as a flower or like a flower, I guess. And it was inspired by the illuminated flower decorations that were used to decorate dance halls. So she thought of the idea, tell A.B., and A.B. comes up with the song lyrics. That's crazy. In 1993, she released her first Selena Live album, which won a Grammy for Best Mexican-American Album at the 1994 Grammy Award. She became the first female Tejano artist to win a Grammy. And we can talk about that Grammy Awards because it's very interesting around that time. It was a 36th annual Grammy Awards show, and it was held on March 1st. 1994 at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Gary Shandling hosted it. Uh, and by the way, the big winner was somebody who was singing songs from The Bodyguard. Whitney. Oh my gosh. She won for I Will Always Love You. Those Dolly years. Parton song. A Dolly Parton song. Yep. You didn't know that? I did not know that. She wrote that. What? Dolly Parton wrote I Will Always Love oh, You. For her. Dolly Parton said... She gets the credit, I get the cash. She certainly does. <laughs> she I like wrote that attitude now. Yeah, Dolly is amazing. <laughs> Dolly's a phenomenal songwriter. But yeah, Dolly Parton wrote that song and sang it many years before. It was about Porter Wagner, I think. I think it was Porter Wagner. She won three awards that night. And so Selena didn't expect to win. She was just happy to be there. And I'm probably going to show that, put that picture on Instagram of her. Her Grammy outfit uh, yeah, was so pretty. Yeah, it was so, so cute. Beautiful. And she was 22, year old, 22 years old at that time. She was also wearing all white. Yes, she was wearing all white, like an angel, like Nipsey like Russell. Also, all, like, Remember, Nipsey was wearing that all white, and they put the wings on it. Also, Leah. Oh, yeah. She was wearing all white and rocked the boat. Yes, she was. Wow. Mm. 
Sorry, that just freaked wow. me out. Nipsey. Nipsey Hussle was wearing all white. All white. Yeah. He wore all white all the, all time, the time with his brothers. Either all white Angel. or black. Or with it was very muted. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Such a handsome boy. But rest in peace, Nipsey Russell. Nipsey. So but um, wow, that's right. Isn't that wild? To think yeah. About? And if you think about Leah when she was in the water yes. and she was drifting up. That anyway. is freaky. But yeah. honestly, all three of them, that's freaky. That about is that. crazy. I know. Yeah, she was about to turn 23 on April 16th, but she brought along her camera, and when she went to the Grammy Awards, they told her you can't bring that into the show. So she wasn't able to bring it, but whatever. But you know what I want to say? I read this in an interview on her sister, Suzette. Suzette said that the Grammy experience is one of her best memories about Selena. She said that she remembered walking in with her husband into Selena and Chris's room at, you know, wherever they were staying in New York. And she said that Selena had told her about the dress, but she said, we opened the door and walked in and she came out of the restroom. And she said, I hadn't seen her in the dress. And she said earlier they had gone to get their hair done. But she said when she saw her in that dress, she was like, whoa. Yeah, stunning. She said kind of like when she walked out, there was a beautiful light shining on her type of vibe. Isn't it amazing? She said, I literally got choked up, and I was like, oh, my God, you look amazing. She said it was breathtaking. She was breathtakingly beautiful. She said, you know, when everything is just right, you know, her, her makeup, her hair, her outfit, she looked amazing. And she said, that's one of the moments that I will always remember. That's one of my best moments. And another moment she shared, because she said they were like, they, that they never fought, ever. They were like best friends. They were sister best friends. And there was not an ounce of rivalry between the two of them. And Susan said that some of her best moments are when they're on the bus. It's a better bus than Big Bertha. <laughs> um, this is when she was big. And she said, like, when they're on the tour bus, they spent more time together on the tour bus and than they did at home. And she said late nights after the gigs, Selena would wipe off her makeup and she would just eat something and then she would come and crawl into my bunk. Oh, and we would just gosh. talk. We would talk about her makeup line, her dreams, her being a mother, her being married to Chris, just about life, what families and what sisters normally do. And she said, that's one of my special moments that I think about all the time. Isn't that something? That makes me so sad. Well, that's a testament I know. to their family that you know, I know a lot how of tight they were. Like each I, other after. I know. I was. Um, amazed i was amazed the, the fact is you know how they did so well and stayed so close even with all of those amazing uh, milestones that were happening you know they didn't argue you know each had their own role maybe that's the key if you're gonna do something like that everybody gotta have their own lane absolutely you know, their own responsibility that right they take nobody needs of. to be the lead singer except for the real lead singer because you know when it came to the jacksons jermaine was hurt his feelings were hurt because michael took over his lead singing but it was michael jackson at the time he's six years old and he was amazing but yeah he got kind of he's got salty about it they said well, know where your strengths are <laughs> no it's true like selena vocally no one in her family could touch her no but maybe selena couldn't have played the drums right as well as she couldn't or play the guitar exactly. yeah like or manage the band or, or write whatever. a song like a b or exactly. man yeah you're right she, everybody knew their role, their and they did it well. And they respected each other's and didn't get envious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't it crazy when people get really envious? really rare. I don't ever That's see really this rare. be 
I know. It's kind of, I'm amazed because when I was doing it, I'm like, this is kind of incredible. And, you know, like we know he could be tough, but he really took, looked out for her best interest. He mm-hmm. re- I mean, Abraham is the way you should be if you get into the business right. with your kid. He's exact. You don't leave it with this and then boo boo cuckoo. No, I'm gonna know about that contract. No, she's not. She trusted him. Um, but anyway, so on March 13, 1994, Selena released her fourth studio album, Amar Prohibito, Forbidden Love, which became one of the best-selling Latin albums in the United States, and the critically acclaimed album boosted Tejano music to become some popular Latin music in the United States. It was critically acclaimed as being responsible for Tejano music's first marketable era, as it became one of the most popular Latin music subgenres at the time. Amor, Amor. What did I say, Amor? I meant Amor, Prohibido. That sounded cool, didn't it? That did sound pretty good. Has been ranked among the most essential Latin recordings of the past 50 years by Billboard magazine and has been nominated for its list of top 100 albums of all times. One one of the major hits off the album is Bitty Bitty Boom Boom. Bitty 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 Boom Boom. Bitty Bitty Boom Boom, one of Selena's greatest hits, tells the story of a young girl's unrequited love for a boy. The title refers to the sound of the palpitating heartbeat when the young girl sees the object of her affection walk by. The song was written by Selena and her backup vocalist, Pete Astadillo, At the time of its release in 1994, it peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Latin chart and remained there for four consecutive weeks. Many musicians such as Jennifer Lopez, Selena Gomez, and Kat Von D have recorded or performed it as a tribute to Selena. And the album tour broke attendance records at the Houston Astrodome with that clip that we saw. They do. They show that's the opening. That's opening scene. With an attendance of 60,000 fans. Yes. Yeah, they do because it's probably about a year. Yeah. And she attracted a record breaking crowd at Miami's Calle Ocho Festival. So Amor became the first Tejano record to peak at number one on the Billboard Top Latin Albums chart, remaining in the top five for 98 consecutive weeks. And the album holds the record for most weeks at number one on Billboard's regional Mexican album chart at 97 non-consecutive weeks. So the song Amor Prohibido, inspired by a true story of Selena's grandparents and was written by her brother. She went to her brother and said, this is what I want. And of course, A.B., being the songwriting genius that he is, he did it. Tejano artist Pete Astadillo began his musical career as a backup vocalist for Selena and Los Dinos. During his time in the band, and after he left for a solo career, Pete co-wrote some of Selena's biggest hits, such as Como La Flor and Amor Prohibido with Selena's older brother, A.B. Pete has released five studio albums and won numerous awards for his songwriting ability. He also played himself in the 1997 Warner Brothers biopic film, Selena. On April 7th, 2005, the 10th anniversary of her death, Pete reunited with Los Dinos for a massive tribute concert at the Reliance Stadium in Houston, Texas. Over 64,000 fans attended. And I think I already talked about it here, that when she had a idea he just executed it mm-hmm. and bitty bitty bomb bomb title refers to the sound of a heart pounding 
when you see a boy that you like. Oh, that's so cute. And he walks by. It's like a song about unrequited love. And it's bitty, bitty, boom, boom. It's like, bitch, your heartbeat. Isn't that cool? That's Little kids, cute. young that's kids sweet. loved it. Everybody, that. yep. I did not know that. See? You learn something new every day. So, Miss Selena is on top of the world in 1994. She released another hit album with massive album sales. She filmed a scene from an app for an upcoming movie, Don Juan DeMarco, that would be Johnny Depp and Marlon Brando. Wow. She actually played in the mariachi band. She filmed a scene in that, during that year, yeah. Mm. And perhaps because of all of this, she decided it was the right time to bring her most tre- precious dream to life. Enter the world of fashion. Mm-hmm. So she had always wanted to become a famous designer since childhood. She had been passionate about clothes, as we talked about many times. And so she founded a company that she called Selena, etc. And opened two clothing boutiques with uh, beauty salons in San Antonio and Corpus Christi. And she had so many music-related commitments that she hired a young Hispanic designer called Martin Gomez to create and oversee the production of the garments. But her long-range plans were to design the clothes herself and mass-produce them. And we see so many artists took the key, took the, her cue, and did exactly what sure, she was going to do. She was thinking so far ahead of the game. She was so ahead of the times because that's what everybody, Jessica Simpson. Oh, she's made yeah. an insane amount of money from me. Exactly. And so in December 1994, she started recording tracks for her first English-language album, Dreaming of You. She wanted crossover success, and so did the record company. So in addition, Selena was about to release an English-language CD, which was a defining step for her. And in 1994, Yolanda gave her a spectacular ring, which was valued at more than $3,000, and it was a bauble that was designed exclusively for Selena, and it was topped with a Fabergé-like egg. It might be in the movie. It did is. Yolanda buy that ring? But they, here you they go. made it look like oh, she, here got we the go. she did it, um, but here in we the go. film it was other people contributing to that. Yes, let's break that down, shall mm-hmm. we? So, yes, we saw there's, a, there's an S that had been worked in the filigree on each side of that ring. So Selena took such a liking to the piece that she had it altered to fit her index finger. That way, whenever she would pick up the microphone to sing, everybody would be able to admire it. Mm. But there are receipts that prove Yolanda made the initial deposit on the ring using a credit card from Selena Etc. Boutique. Fifteen days later, she paid off the balance using another credit card from the business enterprise. And Yolanda told the jeweler that the ring was a gift from the boutique's employees, and this was also what Selena would think it was uh, when she asked about when she was asked about the jury. But Martin Gomez said uh, no; he denied that the money had ever been collected by employees for that ring. So she just used Selena's money to pay for that ring, probably. Mm-hmm. So to back up a little bit, when Selena's boutique in 1994, you know, took off, Abraham did recommend Yolanda be in charge of managing the store's business affairs, and she was a part of their lives so much. I mean, she went to Suzette's wedding a couple of years before, and she's in the wedding album and stuff. And um, she was a bridesmaid, as a matter of fact, in her wedding. Um, so she appeared to be a competent administrator, but we know now she wasn't. Um, she was a very difficult boss uh, who mistreated the employees a lot. Um, they didn't really like her too much. She was possessive of Selena mm-hmm. and constantly looked for ways to keep her away from the other employees. So Martin couldn't stand 
Yolanda, and she couldn't stand him. He accused her of getting involved where she wasn't needed, which makes sense. And according to him, she had established the reign of terror over anybody, even threatening seamstresses with being fired if they did not side with her over him. On top of that, the hostility, hostility between them reached such a boiling point that she started taping his conversations without his knowledge and against his will. It's illegal. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's not illegal in Texas. Really? In California, one person needs to know, or both people need to know. Yeah, and in Texas, Texas, that's where the Cheaters is filmed. I think Texas and New York. Still, I would want you to know if you're secretly taping me. I mean, she, she did do it against his will, which I think is wrong. Yeah. Selena decided that she herself would start creating her own designs, which kind of put Martin in a supporting role. And little by little, she entrusted Yolanda with more responsibilities. Yolanda had the key to Selena's house. Mm -hmm. She used several company credit cards, signed company checks, ran the fan club, and often accompanied the singer on her trips. In a bid to mass market, mass market. It's a margarita. I know, right? <laughs> her fashion line, <laughs> and I didn't eat for the longest time. Selena was keen to start a production facility in Monterey, Mexico. After one of her shows in Monterey, Mexico, in September 1994, Selena's uncle Isaac introduced her to a well-known plastic surgeon, Dr. Ricardo Martinez. And Dr. Martinez was married and in his 50s and had his own children. And he brought the kids, you know, backstage. They struck up a friendship. Dr. Ricardo was helpful with contacts in Mexico to help her get the factory going and to avoid the bureaucratic processes typical of, you know, that country. Her dad wasn't keen to the idea of Selena carrying out the plans to manufacture clothes in Mexico. He, you know, she was riding so high in her musical career that wisely he knew it was very risky because nothing like that just starts off being a success. Nothing. He knew that, it, you know, it was going to take a toll. But, you know, Selena had been forced at some point to reduce the number of employees from 38 to 14 due to a lack of profits. And I think he thought maybe she was spreading herself thin because these albums were being a big deal. She was traveling. So after Selena's death, you know, Mr. Abraham did give an interview in which he said that he wished that he could have given her more support and attention, you know, during the clothing and for the clothing business affairs. He said because he had a lot going on and he expressed that without his support, the fox got into the chicken coop. You know, that's why all these people came into her life. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to listen to the songs that were mentioned in the series, you can go to a curated playlist of the artists and Spotify under Rockabye's playlist. Please subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. One additional note, the information in the episodes are based on my best research. I'm your host, Melissa. Always remember, you're a shining star no matter who you are.